Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight my guest is Alex Newman from a bunch of different places. He's from the New American, he's from the Liberty Sentinel, and he's from the Epoch Times. And we're talking about Joe Biden wanting to rejoin the Paris Accord. We're talking about the coronavirus and his predictions for the fast-approaching American election. Now, if you like listening to the show, which I'm assuming you do, I bet you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I think is, you know, pretty great. But you also get access to David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup, as well as Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show. To subscribe, just go to rebelnews.com slash subscribe to become a member of Rebel News Plus. It's only 8 bucks a month. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus membership by using my special coupon code podcast when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnews.com slash subscribe to become a member. And the coupon code is podcast. And if you like the show, and again, I'm relatively confident that you do, just leave a five-star review wherever you find us. That's a great way to support the show without having to spend a dime, but it also helps other people find this podcast. Now, please enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. The American election is barreling at the Western world like a freight train. What happens if the Democrats win? I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. got all of your news from the lying mainstream media, you'd think that this American election is a bit of a shoe-in for old sleepy Joe Biden. The madness and corruption revealed in the computer of Joe's son Hunter, well, if you even knew about it at all, you would think that it was just Russian disinformation rather than the drug-fueled bungling of Biden's hedonistic son who incidentally has his pockets overflowing with foreign oligarch cash but at the same time was either too cheap or too stupid to just buy a new computer instead he dropped off his old one full of evidence of his own corruption at a repair shop to be fixed you cannot make this stuff up you'd think that biden's rallies were responsibly small instead of in reality the best the democrats could muster when there is just no energy around their candidate with, sadly, low cognition. But you're here, friends, so you don't get all of your news from the mainstream media. You're probably a little like me and you watch the mainstream media just to know what they're saying about people like you and for me, so that I know what lies I need to debunk. And my guest tonight is one of those people also doing the journalistic work of undoing the lies and telling the other side of the story that the American left-wing media gatekeepers just don't want anyone to hear. 
Joining me tonight to talk about Joe Biden and the Paris Accord, the pernicious influence of communist China in Western democracies, and what it would mean for the American worker if the Democrats win, is American conservative journalist Alex Newman in an interview we recorded yesterday afternoon. Now from his home in Florida is senior editor for the New American, Alex Newman. But Alex also is a contributor to a publication we love here at Rebel News, Epoch Times. And you also work for the Liberty Sentinel. Um, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. I wanted to talk to you first about Florida, uh, because that's where you are. And Florida was one of the few states that sort of took a South Dakotan approach to uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And predictions were that you would all definitely be dead by now, at least by uh, Halloween, that you would just be um, a rotting state of bloated corpses. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, I feel like it's just one of those things that the mainstream media got really, really wrong, uh, predicted that Florida would be just an absolute state of devastation, while at the same time congratulating uh, New York State for their handling of the pandemic. Very strange, but you can really see how the media treats Republicans versus how the media treats Democrats. I can confirm that I am alive and well, and uh, you can see I'm, I'm moving. I'm not, uh, you know, playing playing alive, uh, and that is true for virtually everybody in the state of Florida, except those who died of old age and car accidents and you know the the usual things. Um, we have had a very normal existence here in Florida compared to the rest of, well, I shouldn't say the rest, but much of the rest of the United States, especially the blue states. And I've been traveling all over the country uh, in the last month or two. I've been through many blue states. I've been through many red states. Uh, the blue states are like dystopias. I mean, it's just absolutely freakish. It's insane. I imagine it's probably something like that up in Canada right now. But uh, no, we're alive and well here in Florida. Uh, for the most part, we are living free and you know we're going to church and we're going to restaurants and we're just living our lives as we always have. Uh, there's a few jurisdictions where we have some totalitarian local mayors and city councils. My hometown of Miami happens to be one of those, which is endlessly embarrassing, but uh, they're not doing any better than the rest of the state. And you know, I think uh, recently uh, I was in Sweden when we spoke, and I, I lived there most of the last decade, and they're doing fine, even though they have had no lockdowns, no shutdowns, no face diapers, no uh, social distancing, anti-social distancing, no school closures, no nothing, and yet, oh my goodness, fancy that, they're doing better than all those countries in Europe, including the UK, where they had total, brutal, totalitarian lockdowns. Uh, it just shows you that the elites are once again deceiving the American people. And I, I guess there's really two options. They could be absolute blithering idiots or they could be liars, and they're not idiots. So uh, I'll let you make your own conclusion. <laughs> yeah, my province of Alberta took a very much the same approach as did South Dakota and as did Florida. Um, the provincial government really didn't impose lockdowns, um, but the totalitarians who infest municipal governments have this patchwork quilt of public health mandates now that you can, you know, cross one street and end up in a different municipality and there you have to wear a mask and back across the street you didn't because somehow the virus doesn't 
across the street. I mean, it, none <laughs> of it, none of it makes any sense. Um, and now, you know, they told us all along, we need to listen to the World Health Organization. We need to listen to the World Health Organization, um, even though they are absolutely sycophantic um, to communist China. But now the World Health Organization is saying, well, we don't advocate lockdowns, which is interesting because China is no longer in lockdown. So it seems as though the the opinions of the World Health Organization seem to hinge on whatever China is doing that day. And really, I think the perfect description of the World Health Organization is a poodle, an attack poodle for communist China. It's an absolute disgrace. It's run by Dr. Tedros, who's not even an actual medical doctor. But what he is, is a former member of the Politburo for the mass murdering Tigray People's Liberation Front, an ethno-Marxist terrorist organization that has been terrorizing various people groups in Ethiopia for quite some time. Uh, he got very cozy with the mass murdering dictatorship in China, which is, of course, how he got his nice job. Thank goodness for President Trump uh, pulling the plug on that abomination. I mean, it, it, it's such a joke. It would be like a giant comedy skit if so many lives and so much freedom weren't on the line. Yeah, Canada's chief public health officer, Dr. Theresa Temp, is one of seven members of the World Health Organization Oversight Board. So um, when she's making these health decisions for our country, is she making them for our country or is she making them on behalf of the World Health Organization? Who really knows? Um, now, I'm glad that you brought up President Trump um, and his criticisms of the World Health Organization and pulling America back from that. President Trump also pulled America out of the Paris Accord, which is this vehicle to tax every aspect of your life, um, as we're finding out the hard way here in Canada. Um, but Joe Biden, Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden, he's said that he will bring America back into the Paris Accord. And he said some really crazy things um, because he said that not only is he going to bring America back into the Paris Accord, he's going to make other countries comply with the Paris Accord. It, is he talking about China? Because China basically gets to do whatever they want as long as they claim to be a developing nation. That's exactly right. And that was one of the most outrageous things about the Paris Agreement, other than being based on fraudulent pseudoscience, was basically communist China, which releases far more CO2 into the atmosphere than the United States. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love CO2. I, yeah. I talked to Trump's climate advisor, Dr. Will Happer. He's like, the earth is starving for more CO2. So, you know, don't don't misunderstand. I love CO2. The more we can get out there, the better. That's why farmers pump it into their greenhouses. Yep. But you have communist China, the, the biggest emitter of CO2 on the planet by far, with CO2 emissions that are rising meteorically, uh, promising to do absolutely nothing. And maybe in 2030, we'll think about possibly maybe peaking our emissions and then maybe we'll consider doing something in 2030. Meanwhile, America promises to basically commit suicide, uh, economic suicide yeah. at least, which inevitably would lead to military suicide, right? If we don't have an economy to support our military, uh, we don't have a military, which makes it very convenient for China, which is you know a bunch of crazy generals who've openly talked about nuking our cities and who knows what else. Uh, absolutely insane. It, it, it's almost like something that an agent of communist China would say. 
hey, let's destroy America's economy in exchange for doing absolutely nothing for the environment while China continues emitting tons of CO2. I mean, it, it's so idiotic. And, you know, you kind of have to feel a bit sorry for Biden. It's very clear, I think, at this point that, uh, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, that he, he's got some mental issues going on there. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's losing his mojo, so to speak. Oftentimes he doesn't remember what state he's in. He doesn't remember what he's campaigning for, or who he's campaigning against. I mean, the guy is just oblivious. Um but if I didn't know any better, I'd say, man, that sounds awfully pro-China to be coming from an American presidential candidate. And then Kamala Harris, don't even get me started. But, uh, you know, you and I have been to all these U.N. summits. I've interviewed a whole yeah. bunch of these U.N. scientists. I know you have, too. And the the whole man-made global warming idiocy. It, it, I mean, they're just beating a dead horse at this point. And I think, honestly, that's why they canceled the COP, uh, was it 26 this year? Not yeah. because of COVID, it's just because, hey, Trump's not playing along. The whole purpose is to destroy America. And if Trump's not playing along, why are we going to have a climate summit, right? Just uh, postpone it till uh, 2021 and see if hopefully Biden can be in office at that point. You know, and reading through the Biden plan that's on his website, um, he says some of the craziest things. And you can tell that he's seriously disconnected from middle class and lower middle class and poor communities. When he says stuff like vulnerable communities are disproportionately impacted by the climate emergency and pollution. Vulnerable communities are disproportionately affected by the measures these people take to combat the thing they call climate change through fuel taxes, carbon taxes, making life more expensive. Joe Biden is advocating for something that unfolded very similar to uh, the pursuit of green energy in one of Canada's provinces, Ontario. They moved away from coal, fired electricity generation, clean, reliable, cheap, something that China does quite not cleanly. Uh, they <laughs> use more than more coal than the rest of the world combined on any given day um, without any of the technology that we use to keep coal clean. But they moved away from coal fired generation. And they became one of the most indebted sub-sovereigns in the world, depending on the day they are the most indebted sub-sovereign. And people there ended up ultimately in energy poverty. And yet, that's the future Joe Biden wants for America's poor people. That's exactly right. I mean, you, hit, you just hit the nail right on the head, Sheila. Uh, we saw this in Spain, you know, 20% plus unemployment, even before the COVID stuff, because of these idiotic green energy mandates. And the people who are harmed the most are the people who are least able to deal with this. The people, as Obama promised, hey, we are, you're going to see skyrocketing electricity bills. Yeah, you know, if, if you're a millionaire and you've got 11 homes, you probably don't care if your electricity yeah. bill goes up 50%. If you're a poor person living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to make ends meet, well, yeah, you probably care if your electricity bill doubles or goes up by 50%. It is grotesque. It's an abuse of the poor. And speaking of Biden and his campaign slogans, you know, a lot of people haven't yet realized this. He literally ripped off a U.N. slogan as his campaign slogan. So the U.N. came up with this crazy build back better thing some years ago. Now they're peddling it with the Great Reset over at the World Economic Forum and the IMF and the U.N. And that is Biden's official campaign slogan. He's running around saying we're going to build back better. Well, that sounds cute until you realize that this is a, a slogan from the Dictators Club that is aimed not at building back a better you know, infrastructure. It's aimed at building back a more Orwellian, progressive, big government minded, less free society. And yet Joe Biden, you know, he's got a history of plagiarism. He never gives credit to the U.N., which is where he stole this idiotic slogan from. But. Poor and middle class Americans will be hit absolutely the hardest, regardless of the fake rhetoric. You know, it's funny because Justin Trudeau used Build Back Better in his 
uh, we call it the speech from the throne, that it's where the government lays out their plan for the next sitting of the parliament. And he used it no fewer than two times, the phrase build back better, which I've never heard in my life before this year. It's right up there with social distancing for things I never, ever want to hear again. Um, Biden also says that he wants to move the U.S. to a clean energy economy and net zero emissions no later than 2050. How do you think that's going to go over in those sort of purple states like Pennsylvania, where fracking has led to a renaissance in their economy? Well, it's actually one of the big reasons why Biden is so unpopular in some of those states. They're saying, wait a minute, you're going to take away our, our revenues and our incomes and our property values? What? Uh, and, and, you know, we don't need to speculate about what this is going to look like, Sheila. We have California. We call it the land yeah. of fruits and nuts. And uh, they are, you know, maybe 10 years ahead of us on the idiocy. And now they're dealing with rolling blackouts. So it yeah. gets hot. They can't cool their homes. It gets cold. They can't heat their homes. Uh, and now the, the uh, totally unbelievable governor, Governor Emperor Newsom, uh, has Grusom. decided that- Governor Grusom. Governor Grusom, I love it. <laughs> uh, they're like, you know what? We, we don't have enough electricity to keep the power on in our houses. Hey, let's mandate electric cars for everybody. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you would think, again, this, this is some kind of sick, twisted comedy show until you realize that, no, these are real poor people who are having their lives utterly destroyed, who are being impoverished by these kind of crazy decisions. Now, Joe Biden, at least in some reports, say that he's disavowed the Green New Deal co-sponsored by his running mate Kamala Harris. But if you go on the Biden plan for climate, Biden believes the Green New Deal is a crucial framework for meeting the climate challenges we face. It powerfully captures two basic truths, which are at the core of his plan. The United States urgently needs to embrace greater ambition. There's UN words right there on an epic scale to meet the scope of this challenge and uh, to our environment and our economy are completely and totally connected. Again, that the, that's UN phraseology. Is Biden, does he support the Green New Deal? Does he not support the Green New Deal? Does he even know what's going on anymore? Is he just completely manipulated by the far left that have sort of staged a coup in the more reasonable parts of the Democrat Party? Like what's going on there? That's exactly what's going on, Sheila. He is essentially an empty vessel at this point. You know, at his speeches, there's millions of photographs now showing he's just reading from a giant teleprompter. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy's mental faculties are not there anymore. But on the question of the Green New Deal, actually, the last time I was in your wonderful province, I interviewed um, the co-founder of Greenpeace, Dr. Patrick Moore. And I think he put it better than anybody else yet. He said, this is basically a recipe for mass suicide. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, lo I love the guy. He, he's you know, so really, good. really pro-environmental and all that kind of stuff. And and what he said was, you know, the, yes, you know, basically everybody on, on planet Earth is going to die. But what bothers me the most, he says, is that before that, all these people, because they have no energy, they need to heat their homes, they need to cook their food, they need to, you know, power things. They're going to go chop down every tree on the planet. Uh, so uh, yeah. you know, in addition to all of us dying, we're also going to chop down all the forests in the process. Uh, welcome to the Green New Deal. It is insanity on steroids. Anybody who thinks it's going to save the climate from anything, got some really nice beachfront property in Kansas. We can talk after the show. But, uh, guys, this is simply crazy. And, you know, whether Biden supports it or not, I, I really don't think is, is all that important because Biden, like I said, is just an empty vessel. They're just kind of propping him up there until they can get their people in. And I think their hope is once Biden is in office, they'll have Kamala Harris come in and, and really the radicalism will be stepped up to a level that we've never seen in American history. There's this creeping uh, radicalism 
And it's always under the guise of benevolence. For example, Justin Trudeau just banned single-use plastics. There will be no single-use plastics in Canada in 2021. It's going to absolutely decimate our plastics industry here that stepped up uh, when we needed them during the pandemic, when single-use plastics were saving lives. Um, and it, the plastics industry will be non-existent should China barf out another pandemic on the rest of the world. Um, but I mean, it's all just shameless virtue signaling when it comes from the Western world. I think we account for four tenths of one percent of the world's ocean plastic. Like my straws here in northern Alberta are not ending up in some sea turtle's nose off the coast of Hawaii. It's just not the case. Um, and it seems as though the Green New Deal that's what it's designed to do too it's just shameless virtue signaling to the united nations to the rest of the world look how green we are just ignore all those jobs lost that would have worked on the keystone xl pipeline um and for us here in alberta i know i'm on a some sort of soliloquy here but for us here in alberta a trump win is uh, a lifeline for our oil patch communities we have a little town called oyen it's where the uh Keystone XL pipeline, it's, it's the terminus, the Canadian terminus of it. The town is a thousand people. There are an extra 1,000 workers in that town. Those are a thousand families that will have Christmas this year because Trump approved a pipeline that languished on Obama's desk. And that's going to happen in every community on the Canadian side, on the American side, all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. And Biden stands to kill those jobs. And he he advertises it. He campaigns on killing those jobs. Where's the disconnect, I guess, with the unions who are supporting the Democrats and their workers whose livelihoods the Democrats plan to destroy? Yeah, that's that's exactly what's happening, Sheila. And I think the the best articulation of this problem that I've seen actually came from the director of policy and planning in Trump's National Security Council, a gentleman by the name of Rich Higgins. Uh, what he explained in the now infamous Higgins memo is that this massive coalition uh, under the banner of the deep state has now formed. And it includes uh, globalists and radical Islamists and socialists and communists and people who want to destroy the United States. He said their goal is not just the destruction of the United States as a nation, but the destruction of the United States as an ideal. Right. E even the ideas that America is founded on, what our founding fathers said in the Declaration of Independence, that it's a self-evident truth that we're all created equally, that God endowed each of us with inalienable rights and that those rights are superior to government. In fact, they said the purpose of government was to protect those rights. That whole idea. They want to destroy. They want to clobber it. They want to completely eliminate it from the face of the planet. And yes, our economies will be a victim of that. And so I think people need to get over the idea that, you know, Biden is maybe just some kind of bumbling, well-intentioned fool who doesn't know what he's talking about. These people know exactly what they're doing. The destruction of our economies, the destruction of our livelihoods, the, the making of millions of dependents, both in Canada and the United States and all over the world. This is part of the design. So, you know, the Green New Deal and, and all these associated policies, think of it kind of like a mousetrap, right? And the cheese is, hey, we're going to save the environment uh, with this cheese. And so all, all the dumb, gullible little mice, ooh, free cheese, ooh, let's go get some cheese. And then they eat the cheese, 
and then the mousetrap shuts and you end up like the people of China, like the people of Cuba, like the people of Vietnam, like the people of Cambodia, like the people of North Korea. And, you know, I, I could go on. Uh, you end up with no freedom, a lot of death, gulags, concentration camps and poverty to go around equally for everybody except the elites. That's the direction that all of this is aimed at moving us toward. Fortunately, I think in the United States, and I think to a lesser extent in Canada, there is an incredible awakening happening now. I, I told you I'd, I've been traveling all over the country uh, now for, for a few months, uh, basically since the worst of the lockdowns led up. And everywhere I go, Sheila, people are awake. They're angry. They are determined to crush this, uh, you know, this in America now, it's really become popular to call it the deep state. Uh, you know, we could get into the finer points of that I actually just released a book called the deep state, but uh, people are waking up and they're very upset. And you can see this in the energy, you know, Trump flies into a city, they fill up the biggest stadium in that city. You get 50,000 people with another 50 or 100,000 waiting outside, just clamoring to get in. Biden flies into a city. He's lucky if he can get 25 people there, half of whom yeah. are security and staffers. Uh, I mean, there, there's no comparison. Ignore the fake media. Ignore the fake polls. It's exactly what happened in the 2016 election. There is an awakening going on in this country like I've never seen in my life. It's incredibly good news. And I think the totalitarians uh, are going to be in for a real battle here. You know, I hope you're right. I think this election is really the future of the free world truly hinges on it, whether China wins um, and sort of becomes the world's superpower or if America continues to be the one thing that stands in the way of China basically taking over everything. Uh, I think I, I hope you're right that people have seen this coronavirus pandemic for the power grab that it really has been for the elitists um, in our state and local governments um, and in our provincial governments here in Canada. Mine's not been so bad, actually. Mine recently canceled the law they thought they needed, but they felt that it was too overreaching, which is something not really happening in the Commonwealth world. It was great to see. But 538, I, I mean, you've sort of given me your predictions and um, you are right that Joe Biden's campaign rallies when he has them, because he usually puts a lid, a lid on the day at about 919 in the morning. Um, <laughs> that's pretty early, even for the early bird special for an old guy like Joe. But I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty early. Um, and his campaign rallies sort of resemble a wake for somebody that nobody liked. <laughs> um, but. 538 says that Biden is favored to win the election. And it looks like they have on their main page as of right now, updated five minutes ago. There are only out of all their potential scenarios, three that get Trump to victory. But for me, I look at those and I think, well, those are probably the most likely because it has Texas going red. Yeah. Well, I, I think for one, we're dealing with just absolutely fraudulent polls. And and when you dig down into the data, a lot of times you'll see they're way oversampling Democrats. And then you ask them why, like, well, the Democrat enthusiasm is so high. Oh, really? Where are the Democrat Where? rallies? Right? <laughs> oh, they're all hiding in their basement. Give me a break. You know, when you travel across this country, I encourage anybody who doesn't believe me, go try it. Get in a car and drive across the country. Trump signs everywhere. Trump cars, Trump stickers, Trump flags, every boat, every pickup truck. I mean, it's just unbelievable, even in the blue states, even in the in the very blue states. So I think what they're counting on, uh, very similar to what we saw in 2016, it's, it's a gaslighting operation. They want to deceive Americans and they want to set the stage for massive voter fraud that 
they hope they'll be able to legitimize by using these ridiculous fake polls. Uh, and, you know, we know there's going to be huge voter fraud. And, and I think these people think they're going to get away with it because they're going to try it in California and in New York and Illinois. Uh, George Soros, of course, has been putting massive money behind these district attorneys races because he knows these are the people who would prosecute the ones who are burning down our cities, the ones who are stuffing the ballot boxes. But, you know, even with all the vote fraud, uh, I think Donald Trump is still likely to win by a large margin. I think if we had a fair election, it would be a landslide, maybe like we haven't seen since the days of Ronald Reagan, maybe worse. Maybe the landslide would be even more serious. And, you know, you can go around the country and you can go anywhere. You can go to California. You see these huge Trump rallies, yeah. even in the most Democrat places. So I think this is a, an operation to try to deceive Americans. I don't think it's going to work. But, uh, you know, they, they're also coming up with their plan B and plan C. I don't know if you've heard of the Transition Integrity Project, Sheila. This is a bipartisan. They found a few rhino, never Trump, uh, globalist Republicans and joined with a bunch of far left radical Democrats, people like John Podesta, funded by George Soros and all the rest of the crew. And they came up with these different war game scenarios. What do we do if this happens, this happens, this happens? Well, they are now working out the plans for how do we stop Trump at all costs? There's talk of bringing the military in. In fact, two former senior officers wrote an open letter to our, the chairman of our Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, saying you need to be ready to give the order to remove Trump from the White House by the military at gunpoint if this doesn't go the way we want. Uh, they're planning riots in the streets. The same people who've run these color revolutions in all these Eastern European countries, those exact same people, the people who wrote the manuals on color revolutions are laying the groundwork for a similar operation here. So, you know, I, I tell people, I don't want to sound pessimistic and I don't want to sound alarmist, but I think it would be a good idea to make sure you're well prepared, make sure that, uh, you know, you can go a couple of days without having to go to the grocery store if you need to, be ready for things to get a little bit out of control, especially if you live in a Democrat jurisdiction where they have no fear about being prosecuted for burning down cities and killing people. Uh, these people are out of control. They are revolutionaries and uh, they're very, very dangerous at this point in our history. Yeah, they've spent the last four years not accepting the outcome of that election. Can you imagine what they're going to be like this time around? Uh, it makes me fearful for um, minority communities in Democrat-run cities, because yeah. those always seem to be the hardest hit by these people who claim that they care about black lives. Um, Alex, I want to give you a chance once again to let us know where our viewers can find your very interesting and always um, thought-provoking good work. And maybe uh, tell us where we can find your new book about the deep state. Yeah, thank you so much, Sheila. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about these things. So my personal website is libertysentinel.org. You can find me there. Uh, Thenewamerican.com, I serve as senior editor. We've also got the, uh, the print magazine that comes out. We'll mail it to you if you subscribe. Uh, I write for the Epic Times. I've got a series in there on education. I've also been doing some investigative reporting on China. It's a big deal. This is probably the most significant threat to the national security of the United States and Canada anywhere on the horizon without a close second. Uh, and then, you know, you, if you put my name into any search engine except Google, you'll find all kinds of stuff. So uh, thanks again for having me, Sheila. I love your show. I appreciate very much what you guys are doing at The Revel. And uh, let's keep in touch. And, you know, Canadians, wish us well. It's going to be a rough November, I think. But uh, we, uh, we hope you guys will be praying for us and thinking about us. And uh, we'll be doing the same for you guys. So. Oh, we are keeping you in our prayers because, like I said, you're, Trump's presidency is a lifeline for the Canadian oil and gas sector. So he, he has to win. He has, he has to win. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for coming on the show, and we'll have you back on again real soon. We shouldn't wait this long between appearances. 
Thank you so much, Sheila. I really appreciate you. Thanks. For the sake of Alberta's economy, for the sake of America, for the sake of freedom and all the values that the Western world is built upon, I hope Alex is right and that the silent majority will win the day for President Trump one more time. Now the wild card in this whole mix this time around is social media censorship. Trump won on social media in 2016 and the social media giants know it and they definitely don't want it to happen again. The time to act against social media censorship, unfortunately, was, well, four years ago. Let's hope it's not too late for the Republicans. Well, everyone, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here at the same time in the same place next weekend. Remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.